I love the moment in that song where it says his throne is unshaken. Because sometimes in life it feels like things are shaky around us. And it feels like things are fragile. And they are. But God is not fragile. His throne is unshaken. We had a, um, a neighbor. I just feel like taking a moment this morning and, and, and having a special prayer. Well, our neighbor uh, and friend works for the St. Louis Public School District. She came over this week and she began to pour out her heart because of the number of children and families that she knows uh, who have been killed this, this year uh, through gun violence in our city. There's been over 20 African-American children killed in our city through gun violence this year and over 13 just this summer. And she came and she just started to pour out her heart about this. And as I listened to her and, and in conversations with some of you this week, I just feel like as a church family, we need to be deep, deep, deep in prayer about this situation in our city. This is our community. This is our family. This, this is our city. And we need to be in prayer about it. And we also need to be in prayer that God would use us to be the transformational power to take hold in this city, in this community, so that we can bring in the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We need to pray that God would direct us and lead us and guide us as a church family to be the hands and feet of Jesus, boots on the ground. Because there's, there's, there's some shakiness, just not only in St. Louis, all over, all over the, in fact, all over the nation. There are, there are it's, it's from a pastor's standpoint, sometimes you think, all right, when is it right to say something? When is it not right to say something? Because every, every week you turn on the news, there's another tragedy. You know, there were 20-something folks killed in, in El Paso. And I think there was another shooting last night in, in Texas. Police, some police officers or some folks were targeted. I think Hispanic people were targeted. And it's just, there's just been so many instances. And I just, I just, in those moments, I know for many of us, it can feel like life is so fragile. And that the world is just shaking. And that the, everything's falling apart. But we do believe in a God who sits on the throne. We believe in a God who is not shaken. We believe in a God who is still in control. And so we seek his strength for those situations directly. And we seek his strength for ourselves. That we might be the balm in Gilead. That we might be the source of comfort and the source of peace. And the bringers of justice into unjust and unright situations. I just pray that for us this morning. I want us to, if you would do this with me this morning, take somebody by the hand that's near you or put your hand on their shoulder. I just want us as a church family, as a church community, to be in prayer about all of this, all of these situations. Not only that God would bring his, his saving power into it, but that he would use us. That we could be his hands and feet. Not he would just perform it miraculously out there somewhere by himself, but that we would actually be the instruments, the vessels through which he pours out his spirit to bring hope and peace, justice, and rightness back into this community. So let's pray together. Father, we come before you right now. We lift up every family, every family around the nation, but especially today, Lord, every family in St. Louis who's, who's been affected and impacted 
uh, by these killings in St. Louis this, this summer and throughout this year. Father, we just we pray that you would bring your justice into the midst of their grief. And Father, we pray, we pray for the law enforcement officers that they would have wisdom and that they would be successful in solving these crimes. And Father, we pray for the legislators in the city and, and in the state that they would be wise and that they would pass good and wise laws that would bring peace into our community. And Father, we pray, we pray for the, the perpetrators. We pray, God, that they would be brought to justice and that their hearts would be turned by you and that they would repent of their sins and that they would find that they need to serve the righteous and just God that you are. And God, we pray for ourselves this morning that we would be your hands and feet, that we would be a voice for justice, that we would be a, a, a place of peace, that we would be a house of comfort for all who mourn. God, we, we trust you. You sit on the throne. We lift you up and we give you our heart today because you are a good God. And we put our trust in you. We put our faith in you. And God, we ask that you use us to bring honor, praise, and glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. I want to read you, I want to read you a verse this morning before we get into the sermon. It's from Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says this. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. He doesn't want us to be in bondage to fear. And he doesn't want us to be in bondage to, to, to sin. And he doesn't want us to be in bondage to violence. He doesn't want, he is, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Then he says this, stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Whatever that is in your life that binds you, that holds you down, that holds you back from becoming the man or the woman that God has called us to be. He doesn't, he, that's not of him. He's set you free from that. Let us not turn back to bondage. Let us stand firm in the freedom that he has extended to us. And you know what? Let's, let's, let's be a source of freedom. Let's be a conduit of freedom. Let's be a, a, a people who bring freedom wherever we find oppression or injustice, wherever we find sin and bondage. Let us be that kind of people. Let us bring freedom wherever we go. On your way to your seat this morning, would you just turn to somebody and say, stay strong in the Lord. Stay, stay strong in the Lord. Stay strong. You may be seated. So we're in a series. We've been in this series where we're reading through this letter the letter is called the epistle to the Galatians. The epistle, epistle just means letter. Apostle Paul is writing a letter to a group of people that he loves. And he had planted this church in, and, 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 in this area called Galatia. And a year after he planted the church, the people began to fall back into what he called a, a yoke of bondage or a yoke of slavery. And, and that yoke that he was talking about, uh, at least initially at the first part of the letter, was a yoke that, that is basically a, what I would call a rules-based a rules-based form of faith, a performance-based form of religion. Uh, they, had, they had been told that Jesus had died, was buried, and, and rose again, and that they're set free to live in the freedom of Christ. But very quickly, like many people do, many religious people do, amen, nobody in here but other religious people somewhere else do, is they fall back into the, the bondage of slavery where they start to believe that God loves me to the degree that I follow the rules. If I, if I obey the rules, God loves me. If I disobey the rules, God does not love me. 
And, and, and it might not be that stark in your mind, but somewhere in your mind, you're processing it like that. If, if I'm doing right, I'm in God's good grace and he loves me. And if I'm not doing right, God rejects me and he doesn't like me and, he despair, and, and I'm despairing because he's turned his back on me. There's some version of that that all of us are experiencing and, the, and have experienced. And the Apostle Paul says, that's not the gospel I preach. The gospel I preached is that while you were yet sinners, God still loved you. God loves you when you're messed up. God loves you when you're not obeying him. God loves you when you're failing him, when you're falling away. God loves you. And don't get caught up in that bondage, right? Then the, the other end of the spectrum, though, is sometimes we're not in a rules-based. In fact, some of us, if we've experienced the rules-based kind of faith in our life, sometimes we'll, we'll swing to the other end of the spectrum, which is a form of rebellion where we say, you know, I, I don't want to follow the rules anymore. I don't want to be a part of that anymore. I was too yoked by that. I was too bound by that. I want to be free of all that. So I'm going to toss it all out. I'm going to toss it. I don't need God. I don't need the Bible. I don't need Jesus. I don't need any of that. I'm going to go do my own thing. And that's also a form of bondage. Uh, if you've ever been in, I've actually had the, the great honor of being in both of these prison cells at different times in my life. I've been in the, the rules-based prison. Oh, I got, if I could just live right, if I could just do it right, then God will love me. I've been there. I've been there. Sometimes I still go there. I just pop in for a visit. And then I try to get out of there as soon as I can. But, but, but then if you've experienced that, like if you grew up, maybe if you grew up in a very strict religious home or you know somebody who did, and then suddenly, you know, they're in this like really tight box and then suddenly they go, you know what, I'm getting out of here. And then they end up in this rebellion state where they go, you know what, I want to get all away from all of it. That's a form of bondage too. You end up, this one is a self, self-righteous, uh, the rules is a self-righteous prison. And the rebellion is a self-destructive prison. But either way, they're both prisons. Either way, you end up in bondage. And the Apostle Paul has been, has been teaching the Galatians, like, don't get caught up in the rules. Don't get bound up in a rules-based, a performance-based faith because it's a form of bondage for you. And he's preaching that for, 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 for four chapters in this letter. And then in this chapter, he kind of pivots. And he goes, but also, don't get caught up in the rebellion. Don't, don't, don't turn away from God completely and think that you can do it all on your own because that's another form of bondage. Here, here's how he puts it in the scripture. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free, but, but don't use your freedom uh, to indulge the flesh. In other words, don't say, well, man, I'm free, so I'm just going to do anything I just <clears throat> well pleased to do, right? I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. Right? He said, don't, don't do that. The, the scripture uses this term flesh. It's an interesting word. We don't really use it. Uh, you know, but but it's, a, it's a word, the, the Greek word is sarks. And, and basically, it's this idea that any part of your life that has not been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit is still the flesh. And we, we as believers, the scripture teaches us that when we become believers and we get baptized, we, we, the, we kill the old self. The old self dies through repentance. It's buried in baptism. And, and then we're raised into a new life, right? But how many of you know every once in a while the old self, the old man, the flesh, kind of pokes his head up out of the waters of baptism in your life and wants to try to take over again? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We were at a, we were at a, a church a while back. We were visiting with my kids, my family. We were on vacation. And the preacher had this, he was kind of preaching on this topic. And his first point, he's like, if you really want to live a, a life of freedom, then the, my point number one is, uh, you must kill the old man constantly. That was his point number one. What he didn't know uh, is that all three of my kids call me the old man. That's their, their nickname for me. So we're all sitting there. He goes, 
you must kill the old man constantly. And all three of my boys are like, we got to do what now? So now it's a joke in our house. You kill the old man constantly. So, but he's right. There's a part of us that wants to rise up and, 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 and take over, right? And we have this kind of challenge. Are we going to walk in the spirit? Are we going to walk in the flesh? And sometimes it'll come up just like that. So I'll give you an example. My wife and I were driving down King's Highway the other day, and, and, and I'm driving down peacefully, driving in the spirit, having a beautiful time south on King's Highway, just talking away. And somebody decides to run up right up behind us, cut over on the right side, almost take out a couple parking meters, cut back in front of us, and keep on trucking. Now for me, I don't know why that is, but that, that's, that's my trigger. Like, don't cut me off in traffic, man. You know, like, I think it's because I... I accidentally cut a lot of people off in traffic myself. But anyway, so he does this. So this is my, this is my, this is where the moment happens. Who's going to win in my life? Because there's a part of the spirit man wants to say, you know, let's just pray for this guy right now. Let's just, Lord, let's help this man to slow down right now in that car. Not getting, you know, but the flesh wants to stomp on the gas, pull up next to the guy, pull in front of him, slow down. Right. So now I'm in front. Okay. So there's a, there's a conflict. It's the flesh or who's going to win. In this case, the spirit mostly won. The flesh had a little victory because there were a few flesh things that were stated under my breath that will not be disclosed this morning here in front of thee. But, but mostly I, I slowed down and just... Actually, I called 911. That's what I did. <clears throat> Excuse me, but there's someone speeding down. The, yeah, they're like, all right, whatever. So that's your problem. Uh, but but we, we all experience this in different areas of our life. And the question is, who's going to win? Because there's a battle. There's a conflict. There's a fight. There's a battle going on in the life of every believer. Every decision you make is a contested decision if you're a follower of Jesus. The question is, are you going to follow the flesh or are you going to follow the spirit? Are you going to allow the part of you that is not being regenerated, that has not been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, the part that's supposed to be buried in the waters of baptism, are you going to allow him to rise back up and take over or are you going to walk in the spirit? There's a battle. And here's what the Apostle Paul says about it. He says this. Uh, uh, rather, instead of being guided by the flesh, he says, serve one another humbly in love. That's the antidote. The antidote to, if you want to get over yourself, somebody, you want to get over yourself, the best way to get over yourself is to serve somebody that you believe is beneath you with an activity that you believe is below you. Serve somebody humbly in love. That will transform your outlook. That's what Jesus did. He said, let the greatest among you be the servant of all. In fact, I'm going to get down on my knees. I'm going to wash the feet of somebody that I need to wash the feet of because that's how I display greatness. He said, the, uh, love for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. What is he saying? He's saying this. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary. Somebody say contrary. contrary. Contrary to the spirit. And the spirit desires what is, somebody say contrary. Contrary to the flesh. In fact, he says this. They are in conflict with each other. There is a battle in the heart of every human being. Your heart is a battleground state. There's a, there are competing interests for the control of your life. The flesh and the spirit. They both want to control. They both, they both want to win. They are in conflict. And then the Apostle Paul, like a good boxing announcer, gives a play-by-play -play to tell you what the flesh looks like and what the, this is the tail of the tape. This is what the spirit looks like. This is what the flesh looks like. He says, over here in the red corner is the flesh. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, 
debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Idolatry, for those of you who are going, eh, what? Idolatry, right? We don't do idolatry in the 21st century. We don't think we do, but we do. Because anything that's at the center of your life that is not God is your idol. It's what you worship. Anything, did you catch that one? Anything at the center of your life that is not God is your idol. What's at the center of your life? That's your idol. Idolatry and witchcraft. And then he goes on. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. This is the, this is the flesh. Uh, uh, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And then he does the, the, and the like. In other words, the catch-all. All the other stuff that you know is down there, but you don't, you know, I, I don't have time to list it. Right? I'm not going to try to list it. This isn't comprehensive. But, but there's, a, there's a part of you, the flesh part of you, that wants to win that wants to take over. And he says this, he says, I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what does he mean by that? I, I want to just take a quick pastoral moment to say this. He's not saying that if you are ever jealous or envious or hateful or lustful or raging or whatever it is, your thing, witchcraft, whatever your thing is, he doesn't, he's not saying if you ever do that, you will not go to heaven. That's not what he's saying. Inherit the kingdom of God means the kingdom of God is the, is the active demonstration of the comprehensive rule of God over every area of life. He, that's why he says we, 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 bring the, we bring the kingdom to earth as it is in heaven. We, we, we experience the kingdom of God when we allow God to be our king. You understand what that means? When God becomes the king of any aspect of my life, my personality, my desires, my, my money, my family. When God becomes the king of any area of my life, I enter into the kingdom of God in that aspect of my life. He's the king of that part of my life. And he calls us individually and collectively to usher in the kingdom. It's a here but not yet kind of kingdom where we're bringing it in and he's coming and, and he's going to be king over every area of your life. But when we, are, when we are following the acts of the flesh, then we're not allowing God to be king we can't inherit the kingdom of God in that aspect of our life when we are being governed by the flesh. Are you tracking with me? I'll preach that another time. But that's a good, a good thing to know. In the blue corner is the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy and peace and, and, and patience, forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Notice he says the fruit. This is the produce this is the product of the Spirit. He's not saying, be good, be generous. Be, he's not saying, you got to generate that. He says, walk by the Spirit, and then what flows out of you is love and joy and peace and goodness. And that's what it is. It's the produce of the Spirit. But these two things are in conflict in your life, the flesh and the Spirit. So I want to preach for just a few moments this morning, a few moments on the topic. Don't forget you're in a fight. Don't forget, somebody, don't forget you're in a fight. I preached this, a little bit of this the other day in a, in a sermon about the Holy Spirit a few weeks back, but I want to kind of open it up a little bit and expand it this morning with you. Uh, the, the reality is each and every one of us are in a conflict. And the Apostle Paul is saying, if you don't know you're in a fight, you're losing. If you don't know you're in a battle, a spiritual battle, you are losing the battle. Right. Because if you if you don't recognize that there's a battle between the flesh and the spirit, the flesh has got you, brother. It's got you. But if you recognize there's a battle, then you have a chance of winning the battle. You can be victorious in the battle. Don't forget you're in a fight. I mentioned this the other day. There was a there was a, a famous boxing match. It was on September 17th. No, September, September 17th, 2011. It was the day before we launched One Family Church. 
I'll love I'll never forget this fight. It was a it was a fight between Victor Ortiz and Floyd Mayweather and a boxing match between these two guys. And 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 the fight was you know pretty normal for the first three rounds. Fourth round, uh, Victor Ortiz started getting upset because he said Mayweather was throwing elbows and catching him with some elbows. So Victor Ortiz decided that in the corner of the, of, of the boxing ring, he decided to headbutt, headbutt Floyd Mayweather. That's illegal, can't do that. So the referee pulled them apart, took them to the two corners, took a point away from Victor Ortiz, said don't, don't headbutt, not allowed to do that, right? Then he brought them back together and went like this. When the referee turned to look at the, at the judges, Victor Ortiz had his hands down like this. Floyd Mayweather did not have his hands down. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather reached out with a left and a right. A left and a right while, while the referee wasn't looking and while Victor Ortiz had his hands down. Here's a famous picture of this moment. This is Victor Ortiz catching a left and a right. That's what you look like when you catch a left and a right when your hands are down. <laughs> Joe Cortez, you, can, you can't really see him in his picture. He's like, wait, wait, what happened here? Right, the referee. And then I'll show you what happened. What happened is, this is what happened. The question that boxing fans were all asking, and I'm sure you're asking this today, the question that everybody was asking is, was that a sucker punch or did Victor Ortiz fail to obey the first rule of boxing, which is protect yourself at all times? Which one, which one was it? And the answer is it was both. It was a sucker punch and Victor Ortiz forgot he was in a fight. If, if, if you want to win the battle over your soul, don't forget you're in a fight. The devil will sucker punch you for, for no reason at all. God, God's not going to keep the devil off of you at all times. you got to remember you are in a fight. you got to remember that there's an enemy to your soul. And if you let your guard down, you will end up uh, on your backside like Victor Ortiz. You will be Victor Ortiz uh, spiritually. You don't want that. So here's, if you want to be victorious in the battle, this is what you need to know. First of all, you need to know that the battle is spiritual. It's a spiritual battle. The battle is spiritual. Every natural conflict, every natural uh, difficulty, pain, challenge that you're facing has a spiritual cause. The natural part is the symptom. The spiritual part is the cause. It's the root cause. I had a, I had a woke up in the middle of the night a few months ago. It was a Saturday night. I woke up in the middle of the night in the worst pain in my face that I've ever had. It was in my jaw. I, 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 it was the worst pain. It was like hallucination type pain. I woke up going, man... I woke up my wife and I'm like, I'm, I'm, she's never seen me in this kind of pain. Something was wrong with my tooth. And so she called, I don't know if you've ever had this, it hurts so bad. I tried to tell her it was as bad as the pain of childbirth so that I could, she was like, don't even, don't even, don't you even. So, so I said, man, it's, you know, so I'm dying over here. It's a Saturday night. I got to preach the next morning. We have a hotline for my dentist. She calls the hotline because she's that kind of a wife. She calls the hotline. They call in a script. She goes to the all-night pharmacy for me, picks up the, whatever that pain medication was. It was the real deal. And I took about two of those, and that pain went away. I slept like a baby. I got up here the next Sunday, and I just preached just like nobody's business, all right? I just preached. I might have been a little woozy, but I went ahead and just did it. And, and, and the, the reality is, though, if I had kept treating the symptom... That the medication treated the symptom. If I had kept treating the symptom without getting to the cause, the cause would have gotten worse. It would have gotten really bad for me because you can only treat the symptom for so long. 
So Monday morning, I had to go get a root canal and treat the cause of this bad boy, right? So that I didn't have to keep treating the symptoms. A lot of times in our life, we're treating the symptoms that we're experiencing, the natural issues, the natural challenges that we're facing. Every conflict, not just internally, but in your family, in your spirit, in your school, in our city, in the community, in the world at large, has a spiritual root. The battle is spiritual. In fact, the Apostle Paul puts it like this. He says, he says our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. There's a spiritual battle for your life going on right now. There's a spiritual battle. And the Apostle Paul tells us, where is the, where is the enemy? How do we address the enemy? How do, we, how do we attack the enemy? Here's what I want to get to you today, and, and, and just I'm going to explain this in a minute. The reality is, is that the, the enemy is internal. The enemy is actually internal. Now, what do you mean by that? What, what about the devil who's like a roaring lion to and fro? Okay, I believe in all of that. I believe in all of that. But the reality is the devil cannot, cannot take any ground in your life that you do not give him. He cannot take any ground that you do not offer up to him. He, he cannot, as a follower of Jesus, he cannot just come in and invade your life and take over. He cannot do that. But when you open up your life, the scripture says he'll get a foothold. He will, take, he will get a foothold once you have opened up. In fact, the Apostle Paul says the enemy is internal. And here's how he puts it like this. He says each, I'm sorry, not the Apostle Paul, James, Jesus' brother says, each person is tempted when they are dragged away. How are they dragged away? By their own evil desire. There are own internal, it's the flesh. <laughs> it's the old man that you got to kill the old man. You got to kill him constantly. It's the old, it's us. It's internally that we're saying, um, Maybe I should not follow the way of the spirit. Maybe I'll follow the way of the flesh. That's when the devil comes. That's when the enemy comes and can take, take, attack your soul in ways that, you know, will blow your mind. But, but, but the enemy is internal. He's saying, look, this is a battle inside of you. This is a battle of the flesh versus the spirit. But then I love what he says because he says this. He says, the battle is winnable. The fight is winnable. You, you, you're in a battle... You're in a battle, but the battle is winnable. The fight, don't forget you're in a fight, but don't forget you can win the fight. Yes, you can win this fight. The fight is it's winnable. At the University of Pennsylvania, they did a study recently to measure, to determine uh, the degree uh, to which verbal encouragement increases performance for athletes. It, verbal encouragement, like coaches, you know, like your teammates that are going, come on, you got this. You know, if you've ever been on a team, you can do it. You can, come on, you got it, right? So they did a study. And what they found is that there was a significant increase in performance when there was verbal encouragement. There was verbal people going like this. You can do it, right? The Apostle Paul is saying this to you right now. He's saying it to us. He's like, you can win this fight. You can do this. He's calling, he's calling out to the Galatians. He's calling out to you and me. He's going, you got this. You got this by the power of the Spirit. You got this. You can win this fight. Here's how he describes how to do it. He says, do this. He says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your guard. You may be able to stand your guard. You're going to be able to do it. I want you to win this fight. I, I don't want you to lose this fight. Listen, the reality is this. He loves you. He loves you whether you are losing the fight right now or not. This is the crazy thing about the whole thing. He loves you. If you are in rebellion, somebody, somebody needs to hear this. Somebody's in rebellion, 
right now. He loves you right now. He loves you. He loves you if you're in rules-based, performance-based, religious, self-righteous, look down your nose at other people. He still loves you, loves you now, wants to be with you right now, adores you. But those are two forms of bondage. He wants you to win the battle. Those are both forms of flesh. They're both areas of life where you're saying, I can do it on my own. Either you're doing it as a, in rebellion and saying, I don't need any rules, I don't want God to do it, or you're doing it in rules by saying, I can follow all the rules and I'll get God on my side by being so good. Either way, it's bondage. So the question then becomes, how do we get out of these two extremes? How do we get out? How do we walk in the, how do we get out of the, the rules, right? How do we get out of the rules and how do we get out of the rebellion? Because if these are the two ends of the spectrum that we're stuck in, how do we get to where we're not in either of those? How do we experience something deeper than that? The Apostle Paul tells us this. It's like, it's relationship. It, it, it's walking in the Spirit. It's when you allow the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's why he calls it the produce of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit because you're in relation with the Spirit. So the Spirit acts through you and works through you and brings love and brings joy and brings peace and kindness and gentleness and patience and long-suffering. All of the fruit he brings when you invite him in. When you invite him in. I'm going to close with this. I actually have a, a big old chunk of sermon that I'm not going to preach to you this morning because we're running out of time, but I'll preach it next Sunday if you come. Okay? Here's what he's saying. He's saying there's a, there's a middle way where you're not, in, you're not in rules, you're not in rebellion, you're not in rules, you're in relationship with me. And the other day I was... I'll close with this little story, but the other day I was watching a documentary on my, on my, on my phone, and um, like when I get really tired, I don't even, I'm like too tired to even open the computer to watch Netflix, I'll just watch it on my phone, and so like I lay down in bed, and I'm watching this documentary on Netflix, and, and I'm enjoying it, and, but I can see that my power is starting to run down on my phone, but, but my children, my children are thieves, and they steal my battery charger, my, you know what I mean, the plug-in thing? They just steal. I don't know where those things go. We've, we've, we bought like 20 of those things this year. Just, they just disappear. We're going to take an offering just of battery charges. Um, so I'm looking around. You know, there's no battery charger around. So I'm like, all right, now it's a race against time. It's, is the film going to end or is my battery going to run out first? Which is going to happen? So, the, the, you know, the film is going. And then I get a little alert on my phone. It says 20% battery stops the movie so I push close right I'm gonna keep watching I'm not gonna get up and go walk around the house trying to find this thing so I'm watching the movie a few minutes later the notice pops up 10% battery left you've been there anybody been there is this a me thing 10% like ah close I'm gonna keep watching now I can see you know we're down we got about 12 minutes left in the movie, but we're like 6% battery. So instead of getting up, I do that thing that I like to do. I go to the settings, and I go over to battery, and I go click on the power save mode. You know the power save mode? You don't know that. There's a power save mode. <laughs> I don't know what it does, but it tries to save some power for you. And your little bar turns yellow. It's not red anymore. It's just yellow. It says, I'm trying to save some power for you. So now I'm watching the movie in power save mode. And it's nearing the end. I'm down to 3%. I'm down to 2%. I still got like 
Nine minutes left. I'm down to 1%. It's a race. The phone goes down. Right at the climax, too. Right at the point where I wanted, right? Because I had it on power save mode instead of plugging it into the wall. Some of us are, are on power save mode in our life today. We're, we're, just, we're just trying to hold on. Oh, if I just, I'm just going to try to hold on a little bit, Lord. I, I'm going to try to work this out on my own. Or I'm going to reject the rules. I'm going to do this on my own. You're in power save mode. God said, you know what? I want to give you life. I want to give you freedom. I want to give you strength. So why don't you plug into the source? Let the Holy Spirit be the source of your strength. Scripture says, says, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said that. And then it says in a commentary about that, in the same scripture, it says, and he was talking about the Spirit. Because the Spirit is the source of your life. Since we live in the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, he says. It's the source of your life. He says, I don't want you in rebellion. And I don't want you in rules. I want you in relationship with me. So like every sermon in this series that we've had so far, there are no action items for you to go do today. There is only one thing, and that is to receive the Spirit of God in your life. To surrender the parts of your life that are still in control to the flesh, to surrender them to the Spirit, and allow the Spirit to transform you from the inside to allow the produce of the spirit to grow on your life love peace joy long-suffering kind to allow that to grow in your life because that's what we're longing for and that's what the Apostle Paul wants for us that's what God wants for us he wants us to experience life through his spirit would you stand with me today I'm gonna close just by praying for you this morning And I I really want you to take a moment. Take a moment. Take a moment. Clear your mind. Don't be distracted for a minute. Take a moment and genuinely ask God to invade every aspect of your life. What are you holding on to that you need to let go of? What are you carrying that 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 is binding you down that's prohibiting you from moving forward. What are you carrying today that needs to be released into the power of God? What part of your heart, what part of your life have you walled off from God? And he says, I want to give you freedom in that part of your life, but you got to open that door for me. I'm knocking at the door. Open the door. Let me in, he says. Let me in and you will have life. Let me pray for you right now. Father, each and every one of us We long for your spirit. We long to walk in the freedom that you have for us. We long to walk in life, in real life, to experience all that you have for us, to become what you desire for us to be, to experience the fulfillment and the freedom and the life that you called us to live, to pursue the mission and the vision that you called us to pursue. We long for this. And in our longing, we sometimes fall off into the flesh. We sometimes pursue you through the rules or we sometimes run from you through rebellion. And today, God, we come back to you and say, enter into our heart. Let your spirit fill us. Fill us up, Lord. Fill me today, God, by the power of your spirit. Let your spirit be the source of my life. Let your spirit be the source of my strength. Let your spirit be the source of my power. Let the old man die. Let the new man be raised to life in you. 
Father, we pray to your honor, to your praise, and to your glory today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. God bless you. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week.